Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 227. 227. Hi, how are ya? What is going on in your world? What's going on? It's October. It's the start of October. I have five weeks until I fly home. Five weeks left in the north and then I go back to the motherland for three, three and a half weeks. I fly November 8th, which is very cool. I'm so excited. I normally try and go every November. So I'm on the countdown, five weeks to go. Although it's beautiful here right now, it has been beautiful. The sun has been shining and everything is orange and red and yellow. And it's just, it's so beautiful here in fall if it ain't gray and pouring rain. Uh, But I'm excited to get some sunshine, to see my family, uh, to see my six nieces and nephews, to do the Creator Club end of year event, which is, you know, that I love being in a room full of powerful people. And that is what, that's what we're doing. We're just filling the room with powerful people. Well, not we. We, I mean John and Ruby, not me. I'm going to be one of the people in the room, but I ain't running the show on this one, which feels really good. I've had a really big year <laughs> uh, running the three live events for Warrior School Confidently Ever After was so much fun, but a lot of work and a lot of trouble. So not trouble, travel, a lot of travel. That kind of came out in my ears as sounding like trouble, but it was travel. And so I'm really excited just to fill my room with other amazing creatives and business owners to spend some time with John and Ruby and some of my really good friends inside of Creator Club. I'm also going to Kitty Blomfield's wedding. Uh, Kitty and Craig are getting hitched and we're also celebrating Craig's 40th birthday. So that's at the end of November and the invite just came into my inbox Uh a week or so ago. So I'm really excited. The dress code is white. And so I am on the hunt, the search, the forage for a delicious white outfit, a delicious white dress, which I have to say I'm a little scared about (laughs) because I'm very clumsy. I spill a lot. And so wearing a white dress to a wedding, uh, feels uh, yeah a little scary to me but that is that's the rules that's that is the dress code set by uh kitty and craig so i am looking for a new white frock which is always fun because i love fashion uh so i'm prepping for that what else is going on well (laughs) i just launched my conquer your first pull-up course That's right. She's out there. She's been birthed into the world, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I did that on Saturday 
and there were a group of people that were on the first access list uh, that they got they got their email sent out to them earlier in the day for first access to conquer your first pull-up course but she's open she is open for you to buy it's been a long time in the making for me to make this uh, skills-based course and she'll be the first of many skill-based courses that I want to create for you to learn really how to train properly and how to approach a particular skill that you really want to get better at. So the pull-up is a really common goal for a lot of women, a lot of people. There's something really badass about being able to pull your own body up and over a bar. And what I have seen is that, you know, the biggest challenge or the biggest obstacle in achieving a, you know, a goal or a skill like the pull-up is that we don't have a clear process or method that we're following. And so that's what I've done in the pull-up program. It's a whole course. It's more than just a program. I didn't just want to write a program. I wanted to teach you how to train the processes, the methods, the milestones. Anyway, I've done a full podcast episode on her. Uh, I think it was the last one that I did. And it is episode 226, I believe. Yeah, I think it's the previous podcast episode to this one. So she's live. She's out there. Uh, It was a bit of an epic day on Saturday for me to launch her (laughs) into into the world. Uh, Technology, technology. You know, I love technology. I think it's an amazing platform. It's such a cool tool and resource, but sometimes, sometimes. So I battled, you know, I was going to try and be done by lunchtime on Saturday so I could have, you know, at least two and a half days off. Uh, I've been in a really big push with this course and then the Warrior Queen Challenge inside of Warrior School and then coming off the back of August where I ran two live events. Uh, I, I've i felt a little tired and, you know, I, I needed a bit of rest. And so I had planned <laughs> to stop working at 12 p.m. on Saturday but it didn't go to plan. I was still pushing at like 6 p.m. I finished. (laughs) Uh, It was mostly just to do with the platform that I hosted the course and they took a little while, you know, to get back to me and then they they didn't get back to me on something. So I had to basically kind of figure all of this stuff out uh, on my own. And I really thought about how a lot of us feel like that when it comes to our health and our training. Like there is so much out there, like the platform that I use circle is amazing and they have a knowledge base kind of part of, you know, their platform that, you know, you can ask lots of questions. They have lots of education and resources, you know, to kind of help you troubleshoot how to set a lot of things up on that platform. But it's really overwhelming when you go in there and you're like trying to search for what you're looking for and it's kind of telling you like what to do, but it's not exactly walking you through it. And I was thinking about how a lot of us feel like that when it comes to our training, like we're picking up pieces from social media, from podcasts, from all of these different places. And we're trying to kind of put it, we're trying to put it all together. 
in a way that is effective and efficient for us in a way that meets us where we're at right now. And it feels really overwhelming. And you kind of just want someone to come in and be like, okay, this is how you do it. Like, that's what I was craving on Saturday. I was like, I just want someone to come here and and say, okay, you need to do this, this, and this for you know the for it to work, for the things that I wanted to happen when it came to the pull-up course. And that's what we kind of need in our training and our health. We need someone to come in and say, okay, this is how we're going to get more energy. This is how we're going to start training. This is the plan. This is the strategy. All right, let's go. (laughs) Uh, So you know what? All of you out there that feel feel like that, I feel you. I haven't felt that way in my training for a really long time, but on Saturday, I felt that way when it came to technology. I was just craving someone to kind of walk me through it and that didn't happen. So I asked one of my warriors to like buy the course to see how it worked. Carson had already bought it previously that week. Uh, so we could trial a few things and a couple of things weren't working. So I fixed those up and then a warrior bought it. And then uh, I had my, I, I FaceTime my sister. I was like, messaged her and it's like 6am there. She normally gets up really early and I'm like, okay, as soon as you're awake, can you message me? I need some help. And so she woke up and we're on FaceTime and for like two hours, we were like, you know, she purchased it. We walked through it and we went like back and forth. And (laughs) so I'm so, so grateful for the warrior that, uh, bought the course and kind of went through the process so I could see and learn. And then I'm so grateful for my sister uh, for helping me for those couple of hours on Saturday, uh, (laughs) birth this course into the world. So by Saturday evening, I was exhausted. I took myself out. I've been taking myself to dinner on my own you know, once every week or two to one of my favorite Italian restaurants. And I, I know them all there. And so I, I walk in and it's so nice to kind of, you know, see, see all the people, all my peeps that I know sit down and just eat a beautiful salad, a beautiful pasta, you know, some beautiful meatballs. And so I sat there and kind of decompressed on Saturday night. And then Sunday, I, you know, had a lovely walk with Hank. Carson was at a, a course all weekend. And then I wanted to train like I felt pretty good. I felt tired, like a little, little drained on a nervous system kind of level. But, you know, I felt okay. And so I went into the gym and I started warming up. Uh, And then I was just doing a movement that I normally do, just pulling something off the floor. And my whole lower back just seized up. (laughs) And my back is my thing. Like my back has been part of my story my training story for a long time that's kind of where I really learned how to train properly you know when I started working with my coach for those of you who have listened to the podcast for a long time I've spoken a bit about my story my backstory uh and so it just seized up and (laughs) so then I you know I packed everything up packed the bar up packed the weights up and then I thought okay I'll just do some upper body stuff and then I went to do you know an upper body movement and I could just feel like the pressure in my pelvic floor and it just felt weak and my back was just tight and I was like okay aim you gotta have you gotta harness this superpower of humility and you gotta walk away you know you gotta respect the body what it's telling you you gotta have heart and you gotta have the humility to walk away from the practice and that's was always a really hard thing for me 
to not finish, you know, not finish the session, not finish the program, to not be able to do what I had planned. Uh, And I know that's a hard thing for a lot of us where we have a plan, you know, and we want it to go to plan. And so we show up and then our body, you know, our body is the boss and it starts to tell us a different story and it doesn't go to plan. And then we can feel really overwhelmed and frustrated that, you know, our body's not doing what we want it to do. It's not participating. But a big thing that I teach my warriors is that, you know, there are certain superpowers when it comes to our training. So we have respect, heart, uh, effort, and humility is a really big one for me. We need the humility sometimes to just walk away from the practice. So that's what I did. I got my booty out of that gym. (laughs) And for the past few days, I have been pretty uncomfortable. My back's been pretty tight, but I've kept up a lot of zone two uh, aerobic sessions. I've kept walking Hank uh, once or twice a day. And I've done some arm accessory work. And then today I actually trained lower body. And Carson and I were talking, we trained together this morning and we're just talking about this idea of, you know, when we experience like discomfort like that or a pain or injury or, you know, your lower back seizes up, uh, often what a lot of us want to do is like not do anything at all. We just want to be like, nope, I don't want to feel the discomfort. So I'm going to lay or sit uh, maybe I'll take some pain medication to kind of dull uh, the the pain signal, which isn't a great idea because we pain is information and we want that signal. Uh, but I don't do any of those things. So I don't take any pain medication and I move. I move as much as I can when I'm injured or in pain. Now, of course, I'm doing things that I know through 14 years of experience that are going to be helpful for that back or, you know, the knee or the shoulder or whatever, you know, discomfort or pain I'm experiencing. I remember my coach always used to tell me that, you know, his kind of philosophy was I want to injure myself just a little bit every day because one, there's like an adaptation that happens there, but it's mostly the knowledge and the experience that you get from being able to rehab that that small injury or the pain or the discomfort. So we're training this morning and Carson and I were just talking about how our kind of default, you know, the human brain's default is to move away from pain or discomfort. And a lot of the time, you know, if your lower back seizes up or something starts to hurt, we stop, you know, we stop doing the thing, we stop moving and movement is the answer. And for me, over the past 14 years, every injury or pain or discomfort, my number one treatment for it is to move. Now we, you know, it depends on what's going on. We dose it differently. You know, sometimes, yes, we might take a little bit more of a conservative approach, uh, And I'm going to do a whole podcast on that, just my experience of going through injury or pain or discomfort and then how to work through that in the moment kind of acutely and then maybe more long-term chronic pain or discomfort. So I've had a good old seized up back for the past three, four days, uh, which isn't fun, but uh, I'm feeling much better. It's kind of my sign that my body is really stressed. This is, and I often tell my women, you'll have a thing 
Like sometimes you'll feel okay. You know, maybe the mind is like, I'm not stressed, but the body is normally the boss. Biofeedback wise, I actually felt okay. Like my recovery wasn't amazing. My HRV wasn't amazing, but I was like right at the end of my cycle, which was also another (laughs) sign, I guess. I had a massive day on Saturday where, you know, I, I was a little stressed, but I didn't feel overly stressed. And so I would say I probably didn't do a great job at putting all the pieces together to say, hey, Aim, like it's probably not going to be a good idea if you go and pull something like pretty heavy off the floor after a massive week, you know, feeling quite stressed on Saturday, trying to get the pull up course birthed into the world. You're in, you know, you're on day 24, 25 of your cycle, like your recovery wasn't as great as it normally is. You really didn't eat very much on Saturday, like... (laughs) These are all the things that I teach my women and normally I do this for myself, but I really just wanted to move like I was craving training. And in that moment, I just picked the wrong type of training to do that didn't serve my body as well as potentially just doing something else like a lighter zone two. And those moments, like these are the moments that teach us, that teach us about Okay, are we really truly listening to the body? Are we allowing and receiving the information? Are we putting all those pieces together and coming up with a plan or a strategy that's going to serve us based on what's going on in our life and our body? And sometimes we don't get it right. Yeah, even me, 14 years deep. Or sometimes like I don't want to listen to it and I just want to do what I want to do in my training. And that's okay if you're okay with the consequences of that. And so for me, like I didn't feel guilt or shame or bad about, you know, my back seizing up. It was just information to know that, okay, next time you're going to listen. Next time you have a day like Saturday, you're going to listen. You know, next time kind of all of these pieces, this data presents itself, you're just going to come in with a bit more curiosity, maybe come in and, you know, adjust that plan or that strategy. Uh, And so... (laughs) (laughs) we're learning we're always learning which is the fun part of training and we're always learning how to adapt and modify based on what's going on in our body so that's me uh and I'm having a little bit more of a chill week this week you know we're week five of warrior queen so we just had our halfway uh call for warrior queen challenge yesterday which was a really cool coaching call Uh, And we've got five weeks to go, which is really fun. Uh, All of the women are having such cool wins. I've been posting at the end of each week their wins for each week. And so if you, yeah, I highly recommend jumping into my social media, into my stories and checking out their wins. It's really cool to see uh, wins from other women. Uh, And so I love Inside of Circle, which is our community platform. They're also posting all of these wins. And it's just so, it's just so epic to be in a room with other really cool, powerful, inspiring women that are winning at the game, this health, fitness, training game. And it just gets me really excited. Carson even can't wait for them to come out. He will you know, pause the screen and read every win uh, because he's so fascinated as to what, 
you know, people think is a win, you know, and how how they're playing the game and the impact that the game, this training stuff is really having on their life. So it's, it's so fun. It's probably one of my favorite parts, actually. Although it's not just about the win or, and often if you are reading the wins, it's not about the amount of weight that they've lost or, you know, it's more like less tangible, like more of a transformation of like who they are becoming and, you know, what that means for their life and how they show up. It's, it's very, very cool. And I speak a little bit about that. I think in old game, new game, the podcast episode that I did on that. Okay. This is a really long intro and I feel like it could have just been a podcast episode (laughs) on itself. Uh, I have gifted you some short podcasts though lately. The last couple have been pretty short and sweet, but that was just the intro. Uh, The podcast episode, the topic for today is the best sprint intervals for women. So let's do it. Let's talk about the best sprint intervals for women. So the biggest concern for women in their 40s, you know, mid 40s, late 40s, uh, early 50s is that their body composition starts to change and they start storing fat in their abdomen and they feel weaker. So often from a loss of muscle mass. So in your 30s, you may have trained hard and responded well and achieved your goals And you may have felt quite good in your body, but by your 40s, you know, maybe you're in your early 40s, your mid 40s, you start to notice things, uh, things are changing, things are a little different, they feel a bit different, things feel harder. Then you reach a point in your late 40s when it feels like your training and your nutrition aren't working for you anymore. I'll often hear like I'm doing the same, you know, I'm doing the same that I was doing in my 20s, in my 30s, but I feel like it's not working for me anymore. A 2022 study actually found that the greatest body composition and metabolic changes happened three to four years before menopause. So the women in perimenopause had lower muscle mass and an elevated percentage of body fat compared to pre and post menopausal women. So when they look at what's driving that body composition change, it's decreased insulin sensitivity. So insulin sensitivity really is about getting glucose into your cells where you need it. So that's good sensitivity instead of in your fat stores or your fat cells where you don't want it. And that would be uh, decreased sensitivity. So women, we can also have elevated cortisol levels from excess estrogen, which could make us gain uh, that abdominal fat, especially in those perimenopausal years, because estrogen goes on a roller coaster ride. We also become less anabolic, so less able to make muscle. We're in a higher catabolic state. But some cool groundbreaking research and science is showing that we need to strength train to, yes, support aging, bone health, to help maintain our muscle mass, to help maintain our metabolic health. And also this research is showing that there is a benefit to plyometrics, so jumping, bounding, 
and HIIT training or high intensity interval training, also kind of known as sprint interval training in the female physiology space. And they what they have found in the research is that strength training, plyometrics and HIIT training help with improving muscle mass. They help with metabolic flexibility and body composition. So helping women reduce fat mass and maintain lean muscle mass. So I want to talk about sprint interval training and the best protocols for women. First, we're going to look at, okay, well, what is true HIIT training, true sprint interval training? And I've done a podcast uh, episode on this. I think it is episode 185 where I talk about HIIT training. And then in episode 186, I talk about how to put it all together. So how to approach it. Uh, If you haven't listened to that little five um, kind of five-part series on how to approach your training, I highly recommend that you do. It's around the one, yeah, 180, two, three, four, five, six uh, episode mark. I'll pop the episodes in the show notes. So HIIT training, uh, true HIIT training, true sprint interval training are short periods of intense or explosive anaerobic exercise with brief recovery periods until the point of exhaustion. So it was first introduced in the 1950s as sprint interval training, and they were using it in elite Olympic athletes where they wanted them to reach near maximal effort and heart rate to improve their performance. So This, you know, the very high level of intensity, the uh, interval duration and the number of bouts distinguish it from aerobic or cardiovascular activity because the body recruits different energy systems. So the body is going to recruit the anabolic, uh, the anaerobic, sorry, energy system. So HITS, like sprint interval training, I like to call it SIT, sprint interval training, Overhit, uh, mostly because 90% of the hit that you see on YouTube or on, uh, you know, social media, kind of like the, the sweat apps or something, um, you know, the boot camps, the F45s, the orange theories, they are moderate intensity training, just kind of repackaged as hit. And that kind of happened probably maybe in the 2000s uh, because it was trendy. It was a trendy thing to do. And training that way often is creating more stress on the body. But new research in the female physiology space, female and hormones in this perimenopausal menopause space is finding that the shortest uh, variations like true sprint interval training lasting 30 seconds or less can help provide the metabolic stimulus that women need to decrease uh, deep belly fat. So because of the research, we know that it is an essential part to our training. Like we want to add it in. So we've got our walking, you know, our aerobic base kind of zone two stuff, We know that we need to strength train. 
And now there's research around adding in sprint interval training. And if we, you know, if we do it right and we put in a strong effort, it can radically improve both our metabolic health and our physique. It really has a potent effect on reducing body fat while increasing lean muscle mass. So, but there's an obstacle. (laughs) Of course, there's a couple. One is, okay, well, how do I approach it? Like, how do I actually fit it in to my overall training plan and training strategy, which I speak about in episode 186? But the other obstacle to get the very best body composition results out of our sprint efforts is that a lot of the recommended protocols are based on research that has been done on men. Of course, yeah, of course, because only 6% of sport and exercise science research was done on women between 2014 and 2021. Uh, And because our bodies are different, uh, (laughs) they differ in terms of metabolism and exercise response compared to men. What works best for men doesn't always work best for women, Uh, And so there are scientists out there that have begun to identify which protocols produce the greatest reward for women's efforts. Do you want to know what they found? Do you want to know? I guess that's why you're here because of the title of the podcast episode, the best sprint interval protocols for women. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what they are finding. So number one, the number Not the number one, but just the first protocol. These are not uh, in order of effectiveness at all. They're not in order of, you know, the quality of the findings or the studies. I've just got a few protocols here that I'm going to chuck at you. And you can listen to the findings and the research and then you can play around with them in your own training practice. So the first one is do 30 second maximal sprints to lose body fat and build lean muscle. So who's it for? Physically active women who want to reduce body fat, improve conditioning. The details. Okay, so they use the Wingate protocol and it's a popular sprint workout that starts with four all out 30 second sprints with four minutes of rest done three times per week. The trainees or you, the participants, uh, the women, increase their repeats progressively so that they do six sprint repeats. So there was a new Wingate study done on normal weight college age women that used running running intervals on a self-propelled treadmill and they found that women lost an average of 1.4 kilos of fat, reduced body fat by 8% and decreased waist circumference by 3.5%. They also gained 1.3% of lean muscle and improved conditioning and running speed by 5%. So a self-propelled treadmill, you may have seen it before. If you've watched CrossFit, that's what they use in CrossFit, like the CrossFit games, where they are propelling themselves on the treadmill. 
And the reason why the researchers believe this study is valuable, because it revealed a couple of things. Uh, One, the Wingate protocol is highly effective model for most women to lose fat and improve body composition uh, without the need to diet or cut calories. So I believe in this study that they didn't go into a calorie deficit or they didn't cut anything out. They just at, they just did this protocol and the protocol uh, created the results of reducing the body fat uh, and increasing the lean muscle. They didn't have a nutrition strategy or protocol alongside this. There was a previous study using four times 30 second running sprints and they found that leaner women in the study did not lose any body fat, whereas fit men who took part did. The men lost a significant three kilos, equaling a 12% decrease in body fat. So they've done this protocol in men uh, and in women. And so the interesting thing I find about this is that the study I referenced were on normal weight college age women running intervals. So these are quite young women in college that are normal weight and they had these changes. They lost 1.7 kilos, reduced their body fat by 8% and they also gained lean muscle mass and improved their conditioning. Whereas a previous study has looked at the same um protocol, the same Wingate method and found that the leaner women in the study did not lose any body fat, whereas the men did. So they were comparing this protocol uh, between men and women. So the researchers conclude that the Wingate protocol may not be the best method for all women. Rather, training should be individualized. Women who have lower body fat or who have trouble recovering effectively due to outside stresses may benefit from high but not maximal intensity sprints because they're using maximal intensity sprints here. Uh, They also, the thing about the self-propelled treadmill is that those the the college athletes were training against resistance and so they do recommend that women should train against resistance to optimize body composition so in this study the women gained significant muscle in the six weeks which is shorter than is generally required for a measurable muscle uh, mass kind of result to occur. It normally takes us about 12 weeks uh, to see quite a significant increase in lean muscle mass. And they, they said that this was likely due to the fact that the self-propelled treadmill generated enough external resistance to stimulate muscle building. So running or cycling without resistance might not produce as a dramatic uh, an increase in a short time. So what I take from the Wingate study uh, and the first protocol on do 30 second maximal sprints to lose body fat and build lean muscle is that it may work uh, a little better for women who might have a bit more fat to lose so are carrying a higher percentage of body fat also we need to do it on something that it provides resistance so we could get the benefit of increasing our lean muscle mass if you struggle with recovery and you you know you're still working on building your foundation or maybe you're going actively going through perimenopause right now and if you're experiencing a lot of symptoms or you know you're going through a stressful you know period or season of your life 
potentially doing maximal sprints, max effort sprints might not serve you as well. You might not be able to recover from them. So we could look at doing sub-maximal sprints, which we'll look at another protocol in uh, a second. So how do we use it? We build up your conditioning and time your recovery when using uh, a Wingate protocol. So you start by doing four 30-second sprints with four minutes of rest the first week, five sprints the second, and then six sprints the next week. And I believe they stop there. I believe then they do six efforts, like six sprints, 30 seconds, four minutes of rest in between. Uh, They may go a little higher, although I didn't find uh, some of the research on the wing gate. I didn't see them going higher than than six. Uh, And I'm unsure as to whether they then also um, wave it. So you could do wave training as well, uh, which is done in strength training. So wave training could be you go four, five, six, and then uh, five, uh, six, five, four, four, five, six, six, five, four, or you could go four, five, six, five, four, and then you could wave it back up uh, four, five, six. So you could do a bit of wave loading uh, for these that could also work. And then we want to do them against resistance. Okay. So we're doing it on a self-propelled treadmill or we could do weighted sled work. So pulling the sled or sled sprints. Uh, we could do it on an erg bike that or an airdyne uh, where we can actually increase the resistance on the bike. Okay, protocol two, do moderately high intensity intervals to improve metabolism and get lean. Who's it for? Anyone who wants to lose body fat, but feels they are under enough maximal stress in their daily life. It's also beneficial for women who have endurance goals, along with a desire for a lean and lovely physique. I didn't make these up. I didn't make this who's it for up. This came out of the um, some of the research that I was <laughs> looking up. Okay, the details of this protocol. So high intensity intervals take a little longer than all out training, but they're highly effective. Okay, so this would be appropriate if you are, you know, you have a little bit of a uh, harder time recovering. You can't reach those maximal efforts. Uh, so actually women, so one reason that sub-maximal uh, sprints are useful for women is that uh, if we look at the comparison of power between men and women, uh, women respond to interval training, they have a harder time achieving uh, peak power. Basically, imagine being on a bike and then told that you got to go to max effort. So you got to re- produce maximal power output. And if they, you know, they've compared men and women, men can get to max power output a lot faster than women. So think like zero to three or five seconds. I don't know this. This is not like scientific. You just got to think of a car, you know, a car that can get from like, zero to a hundred kilometers in like three seconds, you know, that's male. And then maybe another car that goes from zero to a hundred and it might take five, seven or 10 seconds. 
that's females when it comes to like sprint interval training because we don't have as much muscle mass and especially in perimenopause and menopause and as we age we lose speed and power so we're losing that uh, ability to get higher peak power but we can hold the duration of that power longer than males so we've actually got a better power capacity so males it kind of goes up really fast imagine like kind of a curve or a line like it shoots up and then they kind of drop down pretty quick where ours is a bit slower to increase and then we can hold it ours doesn't drop as dramatically so in really in simple terms this means that men go harder at the start of a sprint and then as the sprinting duration progresses their performance drops off women maintain their pace and so this allows us to achieve a higher heart rate uh if we can push the sprint a bit longer. So that's why we call it sub-maximal. So women also burn more fat during exercise and we deplete ATP more slowly than men. So men's bodies rely more on glucose uh, and ours naturally rely a little bit more on fat, So which contributes to women being able to recover faster than men. So there is some research that uh, we can actually recover a bit faster and better than males because of the substrate utilization during exercise. So this makes exercises that enhance fat burning absolutely essential for women because of the unfortunate fact that women burn much less fat at rest. Uh, so how do we use it? All right, we do sub-maximal intervals of a minute or longer. So a minute's a pretty long time, but we're sub-maximal. So maximal would be like one, like you're right up there, like 100% max effort, 100% of your max heart rate. Uh, sub-maximal is more this 80 to 90% range of max heart rate. And this will allow us to increase our body's ability to burn fat and enhance the sensitivity of the cells to insulin for better energy use, which if we kind of tie it into the, the start of the conversation around how a lot of us experience body composition, body composition changes and there, the researchers are finding it's an insulin sensitivity problem. So we need to do things that increase our sensitivity of the cells to insulin. And so doing these sub-maximal intervals for a minute or longer does do that. So for example, a study found that fat burning increased as much as 25% in response to high intensity cycle erg training using 10 60 second intervals at 80 to 90% of maximal heart rate with 60 seconds of active rest. So if you haven't done this before, <laughs> if you are a little bit of a novice or a beginner uh, with sprint interval training, we just really want to start with a one-to-one -one work rest ratio. So we want to do, if we're doing 60 second interval, we want to do 60 seconds of active rest. If you're active, if you've done some, you know, sprint interval work before, you can use a larger work to rest ratio if you want to uh, produce greater metabolic stress. So you could try a two to one or a three to one work to rest ratio. 
Uh, and a place to start is one minute intervals with 30 seconds of active rest. Now that's pretty tough protocol. Uh, I die pretty quickly doing something that's like a minute uh, at that sub-maximal. It may take you a while to build up. So at the start, I would recommend a one-to-one ratio. Again, we want to try to do this against resistance. So it's we want to try to do self-propelled treadmill, be on a bike. Uh, a rower also is against resistance, although it's a bit harder to actually get. Well, it's, it's harder to get to maximal effort on a rower uh, It's a bit easier on a bike. For most women, you probably want to start on a bike. And uh, because for a couple of different reasons, uh, it's a little easier for you to reach that peak power or that sub-maximal. It's really controllable. So you can control the resistance uh, a lot better. And it's really hard if we don't have a running history to reach those sub-maximal, maximal efforts sprinting. Uh, and you need to build up to that <laughs> as well. Number three, build conditioning and lose body fat with short all-out sprints. So who's this for? Overweight and novice women who want to change their bodies and help support their metabolism or strengthen their metabolism. So the details, uh, very short all-out sprints can help women who are fairly new to exercise to lose body fat, improve their health. So there was a study of 45 young women and they found that bike sprints done three days a week produced uh, an average loss of 2.5 kilos of body fat and an increase in lean muscle of 0.6 kilos. The women also lost 0.15 kilos of belly fat, so that that deep abdominal um, belly fat, which looks like a small amount, but it's significant due to its location around the organs. Uh, So this study revealed some, some pretty cool, I guess, points. The interval cycle sprints, eight seconds they were, eight second resisted sprints followed by 12 seconds of low intensity cycling. They repeated 60 times for a total of 20 minutes. They compared that with a steady state cardio cycling for 40 minutes. In half the training time, the interval group dramatically improved body composition, whereas the cardio group gained an average of 0.4 kilos or about a pound. So they did the control group, which was just like a 40 minute steady state cardio cycling. I don't know what zone they had them in. I don't know if they were in zone two or zone three. Uh, and then they did interval sprints. So eight seconds is a very short amount of time uh, and 12 seconds is very short (laughs) amount of rest. So they are probably not reaching max uh, peak power output in that eight seconds, but because of them being overweight or novice, the stimulus is probably quite potent for them, which is producing the body composition change. The sprint group lost most of their fat from the thighs and the trunk. Uh, and so this is kind of a big area for women. They're, you know, their abdomen and then their thighs. <laughs> so the researchers wrote that sprint training with the lower body musculature is valuable for producing a fat loss in the lower body in females. The Within the interval group, the leaner women lost 
less body fat than those who originally had more body fat. So with the four leanest women removed from the calculations, the average fat loss was four kilos, suggesting that sprint interval training is well worth the effort if you're above, if you have more body fat. Uh, the, uh, the group that were in the sprint interval uh, group, their metabolism was also improved by the end of the study as seen in lower fasting insulin levels and a decrease in concentration of the hormone leptin. So how do we use it? Eight seconds on, 12 seconds off. Uh, done three times a week. They did it for 60 intervals, so for 20 minutes, so a 20-minute session. Uh, and it's ideal for women who are new to interval training, who are have more body fat to lose, or you who are a novice, really, who have not engaged in intense training recently. And longer intervals are indicated for trained women and athletes and women who are leaner, although that doesn't mean they couldn't use this protocol uh, if they wanted, but the the body composition results uh, may not be as high. So those are the three intervals. Just to recap, the first one is the Wingate where you're doing 30 seconds max effort sprints. Uh, You start with four sets, rest four minutes, done three times per week. The second is sub-maximal efforts where you're going for about a minute and starting with a one-to-one ratio. Then the third was super, super short sprints, all-out sprints. So again, trying to go max effort for eight seconds followed by a 12-second rest. Now, what I find works really well for myself and works really well for my warriors is actually 20 to 30 second uh, sprints. So sub-maximal to maximal sprints with a two to three minute rest in between. That works really well for me. I really like that work to rest ratio. I've played around with some of the others, uh, but yeah, I'll, I like a 20 to 30 second sub-maximal or maximal all-out sprint followed by at least two minutes, if not three to four minutes rest. Most of my warriors will do six to eight uh, rounds of that and they only do it one time a week. So we just start with once a week uh, and depending on what else we're doing with their training, uh, not a lot of them do twice a week, but some of the protocols say three times a week. Uh, other protocols say once a week. My podcast with Dr. Stacey Sims, we talked about just adding it in one time per week alongside your strength training and your plyometric training. Okay, that's it. Thanks for spending this time with me today. It was an absolute pleasure and I will see you real soon. Bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.